You're listening to a message from Redemption Community Church, a life-giving church in Westchester County, New York. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or follow our messages online at redemptioncommunitychurch.org. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. And so this message today that I wanna teach to you has been a message that God has really birthed in my heart over the last two years. And we were supposed to do our sisterhood gathering two years ago, and this was gonna be the theme for the night. And then, of course, it got postponed for two years due to COVID and everything going on. We decided to hold off that it wasn't the season to be doing large gatherings. And honestly, the Lord needed to continue to walk me through this before I could ever get up on stage and teach it. He still had a lot of things he needed to do in me, a lot of areas he needed to grow in me. And so for two years, I sat on this thought and studied it and really allowed God to do the hard work in me. And it was a lot of hard work and a lot of heart work. And it's no accident, though, that your pastors have asked me to teach this today because I believe that if we can get this right, if we can allow God to do the work in us that we're gonna talk about today, I believe this could launch us into a new season as the church We've walked through a lot over the last two years. I know even just saying the word COVID can probably bring a lot of different emotions. Some of you, it might bring some fear into your heart. Some of you, it might bring some some reminders of loss and heartache. Maybe you lost a job. You lost someone close to you that you love. We've buried some people in our church due to this awful disease. It's been a hard season. We've spent time alone and in isolation. It's been super weary. Then we've walked through all of the political stuff, right? And all of the, you wear a mask, you don't wanna wear a mask, you vote this way, are you red, are you blue? And it just kind of exploded. I don't know about you, but it was crazy in Florida. Absolutely crazy, don't come to Florida. It's just wild during election season. It gets out of control. And then we've talked about some of the hard stuff. We've talked about the racial injustice in our country, and I believe that the church has stepped into having these difficult conversations, and we've decided to lead the way but it's been hard and it's been a challenging and weary season and what we've seen leading a church and just being involved in a lot of people's lives is not all of us have walked through this as we are emerging from this season. We've not all emerged unscathed. Some of us have walked through this season and some things have attached to our lives, some unavoidable and some that maybe we just allowed there that we shouldn't have. And so what I want to encourage you today, because I do believe with my whole heart that this is a pivotal season for the church of Jesus Christ, the church as a whole. This is a pivotal season for us. Will the church step up and lead the way? Will the church lead our country through everything that we're walking through? And we have to make the decision for our lives individually. Will we allow God to challenge us and to grow us And will we choose to live our lives with clean hands and a pure heart? And so the choice is up to us today. The choice is up to us to open up our lives and say, God, come do the work in me. And so I wanna just challenge you today, if that's okay with you. Can I pastor you? Can I challenge you? Are you with me today, Redemption Church? So my husband and I, we get to travel every now and then, not a ton, but we'll get to travel sometimes to some of the churches that are in our network. We get to visit with them, or sometimes it's for vacation. And so we were flying this day um, out to Philly to hang out with some of our pastor friends there for the day. And um, what you have to know about me, when my husband and I are heading out for a trip, I don't, we don't like to check luggage. We're always like, can we just cram everything in a bag? 
And I have a really awful habit of putting something in my bag that's not supposed to be in there and then getting stopped at that TSA thing all the time. And if you've gone through that TSA line at the airport, you know it's a lot of work to go through that line. And they're not the friendliest crew. I hope nobody in here works for TSA, but they're not always the nicest crew. They're kind of a lot, you know, they're, they're not always like very helpful. And, and so we're going through this line and sure enough, you know, I go through the little metal detector thing and I take a step out and she's like, ma'am, can you step to the side? My husband looks at me and he's like, what's in your bag? Well, one time it was an entire water bottle. And I'm like, I don't even remember putting that in there. I literally don't know how that got there. And so she asked me to step to the side and my luggage goes through and I'm like, oh, it wasn't my luggage. And she was like, I need you to come over here. And what you also have to know about me is I love to wear shirts that have like puffy sleeves. I don't know how else to describe it, but shirts that just kind of like go out here, really girly shirts. And that particular day, of course, that's what I've got on is this like big billowy sleeved shirt. And she's like, ma'am, I need to check your sleeves. I was like, I literally am like laughing. I was like, are you serious? She's like, oh no, I'm, I'm serious. I need you to step over here. And I'm, she's like dead serious at this point. And I could tell she's like a little annoyed with me. And so she's like, I need to like pat down your sleeves. And I am just like, what is going on? My husband's watching. He's cracking up the whole thing. He's of course like taking pictures of like, cause he always likes to make fun of my puffy sleeve shirts. He's like, your sleeves look like you're about to fly away over here. And so she pats down my sleeves. Of course, there's nothing in there. I don't know what she could have thought. I possibly could have had hidden up in my sleeves. And so what you know about TSA is that if you've got anything on you, when you try to go through that metal detector, like they're gonna halt you. you can't have your wallet in your pocket, your phone, like a tiny receipt, whatever it is, they're going to stop you right there. And you're not going to get to where you're going until you remove whatever it is in your pocket. And here's what I came to challenge you with today, church. Are you trying to get to the dream that God has for you, the purpose that he's got for your life, the place that he has laid out for you with things attached to you that were never meant to be there? Are there things shoved down in these areas of your life that you hope nobody else will see and nobody else will know about it? Or maybe there's things that are hidden there that you don't even realize are there. You won't get to where God wants to take you if there are things in your life that are not meant to be there. And God's giving you an opportunity today. He's giving us an opportunity as the church to get some things together, to allow him to do the work in our lives, to allow him to to check our lives, because if not, we will miss out on where he wants to take us. Psalm 24, three through five says, who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false God, they will receive blessing from the Lord. Who has the right to come before a holy God? Who wants to walk in that protection of the Lord? Who wants God to surround them and protect them? Those who have clean hands and those who have pure hearts. And so we're gonna break these two things apart today. And first, we're gonna look at clean hands. I have a friend who uh, works for a law firm and she has for several years. And she was explaining to me as I was preparing for this message, uh, this thing called the clean hands doctrine, which basically means if you um, are possibly being convicted of a crime, maybe you're, you know, they think you're, maybe were a part of it. You, if you want to prove yourself to be innocent, you have to pass this clean hands doctrine, which means that your hands were not involved in the crime. Your hand is not, did not pick up the weapon. There's no fingerprints at the scene. You weren't in the getaway car. I don't know what you might've been doing, but you have to prove that you weren't involved in the crime, that your hands are completely clean. And that's how you prove your innocence. I've caught my daughter 
uh, many times, my little four-year-old, she loves Cheetos. It's like her thing, the messy orange Cheetos. And I don't like to buy them for her, but that is the thing that her grandparents will show up with is a bag of Cheetos for her. And I have come in and I find her on the couch and I just see like the orange crumbs ever. I'm like, did you eat the Cheetos? And she's like, no. And I look down and I'm like, you have orange fingertips. You ate the Cheetos. Her filthy hands gave her away. So how do we walk with clean hands before the Lord? How do we keep our spiritual hands clean? It's very simple, we don't touch it. We don't touch the things that are not meant for our holy hands to touch. We don't touch the sin. We don't touch the offense. We don't touch the bitterness. We don't touch the anger. We don't touch the sin, why? Because sin leads to death. And God's like, I've got something greater for you. Your hands were never meant to pick those things up. We don't touch the offense. Offense is just as poisonous as sin in our life. And once you touch it, you're gonna be so tempted to grab it again and to grab it again and to grab it again. And before you know it, you're not just dabbling in it. Now you've got a hold on it and it will have a hold on you. When my daughter was about two years old, um, she used to love to wear like, and she still does, these like big tulle tutu skirts. And when we were walking through this COVID season, we were home for a long time, her little like attire for the day, she'd get up, she'd put on fresh pajamas and this big like tulle ballerina skirt, princess skirt, and she'd walk around the house in it. And on this particular night, we were hanging out in the living room and all of a sudden I hear like that cry. And if you're a mom in the room, like you know what that cry is. It's like a different cry. It's not the like little whiny cry that I need you. It's the cry of like panic, emergency, I'm hurting, I need you. And so I run in the room and I'm looking for her and I find her in the kitchen and she had a horrible habit of climbing up on our bar stools and getting literally on our kitchen countertop to try to get into the little snack jar. And so she's sitting up there and I look at her and she's kind of like crouched down like this. And when I look, I see that her really big tool skirt has caught fire from a candle that was on top of the stove. And so I run in and I run to her. And of course, like any good mom, I'm just like grabbing her off the counter and I'm like hitting her skirt and trying to get all of the the flames out. Like stop, drop and roll just went out the window. I didn't think of anything smart to do except literally like I'm like beating my child to try to get the fire off and we're pulling her clothes off. What was really cool, God's protection on her is she literally had flame resistant pajamas on and I didn't even know that's what they were. Afterwards, I'm like, how did her pajamas not catch on fire? And I go read the little baby gap tab and it's like, It's like these pajamas are flame retardant. I'm like, amazing, way to go, baby gap. And so she was fine. We pulled all her clothes off, we checked her. She had a couple little, you know, tiny little burn marks. But then I looked down at my hands and because I had been grabbing everything on her, I just had melted pieces of her tool skirt all in my hands and it was all wrapped around my knuckles and all in my rings and I'm sitting there like, oh gosh, I don't know what to do. And then you know how you get like one little small burn and you just wanna cry for hours, right? Like it hurts, that little tiny burn. And it was, they were all over my hands and I could start to see like some welts were coming up. My hands started to get really swollen and so we're trying to like pull pieces off and it's just like pulling the skin off. I'm like, this isn't working, this isn't working at all. And so of course I had to go to the ER And this is in the middle of like COVID and they, you know, thankfully got me in. I found this like small ER on the outside of our town and I get to go in and they thankfully gave me like numbing cream all over my hands and then just began to like peel all the little pieces of skirt off. And thankfully it wasn't as bad as it could have been. I had pretty severe ones on these two fingers. 
But it wasn't as bad as it could have been. And all of this, all of this pain, lots of blisters the day, for the following days. I had to keep them covered and taken care of. My, I was telling Amy, like one of my fingernails started to fall off. It was a mess. All because why? I touched something that I never should have touched. Yes, I'm a good mom and I'm gonna put the fire out on my child, but you're not meant to touch fire. You're not meant to touch these hot flames. And I believe that some of us today are using our hands to touch and pick up and grab things that we're not supposed to hold and there will be consequences for our spiritual soul. We are dabbling our hands in sin. We're picking up that drink that God has said no. That's not for you. We're stepping into places and situations that you know you're not supposed to be in. You're grabbing a hold of that sin that Jesus has already freed you from. And I know that some of the things that sometimes we grab a hold of, they're not always our fault. Sometimes we walk through heartache and we walk through loss and we walk through suffering. Some of these generational sins have been, been passed down to us. It would, maybe you experienced a loss that obviously you didn't ask for and you've picked up a lot of hurt and a lot of pain. And here's what I believe though with all of my heart. We can be handed some really hard things in our lives, yet we can still manage to walk forward with clean hands before God. We can have pain, we can have hurt, we can even have those generational things that are passed down to us. It's part of our story, but we don't have to hold on to it. We can walk with open hands before the Lord and surrender all of that to him. We weren't meant to handle everything in this broken world. We weren't meant to walk through these last two years and experience all of this hurt and loss and heartache and frustration. I think of Joseph in the Bible. He was loved Anybody the favorite child in the family? Like Joseph was literally like the favorite child. I'm not, I'm like right in the middle. I do have a favorite child on any given day. Right now it's the little one just because she's really sweet and cute. But Joseph is the favorite. And it says that his father actually gave him this beautiful cloak. He loved him more than the other brothers. And his brothers are ticked. They're like overcome with jealousy. They literally plot to sell their brother into slavery. Like what in the world? So they sell him. They pretend, I think, that he's even dead to the dad. They sell him into slavery. And through this, Joseph experiences so much heartache. He is falsely imprisoned. He suffers for so many years. None of this was his fault. None of this, he wasn't in the wrong place, right place, wrong time, nothing. Literally, his brothers did this to him. And so Joseph, through God's favor on his life, actually ends up becoming governor of the whole land that he and his family had lived in. And this land is in like a famine right now and people are starving. And, and through this whole series of events, there's a lot more to the story. Joseph actually comes back into contact with his brothers after he's been elevated to this position. And when he comes back in contact with his brothers, he doesn't yell at them. He doesn't lash out at them. He doesn't kill them, which I'm kind of like, anybody else wanted to be like, just kill them, God, just take them out. It says in the Bible that he actually went to his brothers and he wept over them. It says he kissed them and he wept over them. In that moment, he was offering them forgiveness. He was choosing to love them even though they literally wanted him dead. Joseph could have picked up a lot in that season. I don't know what that length of season was that he suffered. I think it was a long time. My husband could probably tell you. It was a while. Joseph could have picked up a lot of bitterness. He could have picked up some anger. 
He could have held on to his hurt and said, I'm valid in my pain. I'm just gonna hang on to this forever. But he didn't touch what he shouldn't have touched. And what I love about Joseph's story is that he was able to bring unity to his family even though he had gone through this terrible loss. He allowed his life to be used by God to unify he and his brothers and his dad before his dad dies. And in Genesis 50, 20, he says, you intended to harm me, talking to his brothers, but God, God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. And you can only talk like this when you have walked through the most difficult season of your life with clean hands. And here's the reality of Joseph. He wasn't focused on what was done to him. He was focused on what God wanted to do through him. I imagine he had experienced so much hurt and pain that was validated He was allowed to feel all the feelings and all of the emotions, yet he said, I'm gonna choose to focus on the fact that God wants to use my life to bring glory to his name. And as a result, God uses Joseph in such an incredible way, and his life is leveraged, his pain is leveraged, his hurt is leveraged to bring glory to God's name. And we have to get this right, because if we don't, If we don't get this right, it will be impossible for us to have a pure heart. You may have heard a song about your heart or seen a quote about the heart, like it's this just big, beautiful thing that we have. And um, I wanna show you these two really random quotes that I found on social media. The first is, listen to your heart. It knows everything. Like, what what does this even mean? The second one is, always follow your heart. It knows the way. That sounds like like a love song, like just follow your heart, listen to your heart, go wherever you wanna go. And both of these statements are totally false. This is not true. Our heart, it's a mess. Our heart houses all of our emotions. And I don't know about you, but my heart handles about a million emotions a day. I mean, my emotions are all over the place. Jeremiah 17, nine actually says, the heart, it is deceitful above all things and beyond cure, who can understand it? Another translation says, your heart, it's like a puzzle that nobody knows how to figure out. I've never felt a statement be more true for my life. My heart is like a big giant puzzle and nobody knows how to piece it and put it together. Your heart houses all of your emotions and we don't always pay attention to what's going on inside of our heart. We aren't always in tune with what's happening inside of our heart. And I've been watching a show lately about doctors and about the medical field, and I think now that I can diagnose anything. I feel like now I can just get on Wikipedia and I'm like, oh, you have this symptom? I know, I know what's wrong with you. And let's be real, like, I know nothing. I know absolutely nothing. I think that just because I have Google, I can look up and know anything. But in this specific episode, I was so intrigued because they were about to do um, a heart transplant. And it's not real, you know, it's all whatever, characters. But it's real to me. And in this episode, they're about to do this heart transplant and they're talking about all of the issues in the heart. And so of course I'm like, gosh, I just wanna know more about this. And so I start looking up like, why do you need a heart transplant or why do our hearts fail at times? And so I'm looking up about like your heart has arteries and all of that needs to flow correctly so the blood can flow throughout your entire body. And and sometimes we eat unhealthy, we eat too many fatty foods and, and it clogs up our arteries. And I wanted to show you this picture, I'm not going to, of literally a human heart that was all clogged and messed up and they had like chopped it in half to show you the inside. It was 
fascinating to me. I was so intrigued by it. My husband's like, that's nasty, and nobody wants to see that. But this heart, if you don't eat right, if you don't take care of your body, if you're not monitoring your heart, taking the medications that you should be taking, it can start to not function right. The blood doesn't flow correctly, which means the blood's not circulating through your body well. You can get swelling in your feet. You can have a heart attack. Your heart starts beating irregularly. Your heart can completely shut down, which means then you need a heart transplant. And I'm sure there's someone, I met a physician earlier that's like, she literally has no idea what she's talking about right now. But come on, bear with me. I know just a, just a small amount that I learned on Google. But if you don't take care of your body, if you don't take care of your heart, your entire body can be out of whack. Your entire body might not function well. And this is the same, this goes for our spiritual hearts as well. If we don't take care of our hearts, if we're not guarding what's going on in our heart, we're not monitoring what's happening with our emotions, our entire spiritual life and body and soul can be completely out of whack. And before we know it, we are just feeling like a mess. And I want us to look at these two images of a heart. And this one over here is an unhealthy heart. And this one here is a pure heart, which this is the goal. The Bible says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. This is the goal here, to have this pure heart. But sometimes this is really what we look like. We've got some sin areas that we've been struggling with. Maybe we're, we're picking up that drink or we're... That gossip has really been creeping in or we're really just not treating people well and then we've got a lot of hurt because people are mean and we've walked through a lot and we've got lost and we've got all of this hurt and all of these hurt feelings and, and all of this just kind of starts piling up and then we start lashing out in anger. We're like, why am I angry all the time? Why am I so frustrated? And then pride starts to set in and we think we're right all the time and, and then we've got some insecurities that jump in there and then before we know it, we're like, I feel anxious all the time. What's going on? Why? I don't know what kind of decision to make. And before we know it, what started as one small thing grows and grows and grows and our heart starts to feel so clogged and so filled with so many things that God didn't intend to stay there. So this is the goal. This is what we want. We wanna walk with a pure heart before the Lord, but if we're looking like this, how do we get to here? How do we switch our hearts over to this? And David models this so well for us. He says, search me, God. Know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. If you go read the previous verses, I love David because in one, in one chapter he's saying one thing and in one chapter he totally switches over. The previous verses, he's like, God, I hate everybody. I'm so mad at everybody. God, my enemies are out to get me. In one verse, he's like, God, would you just kill them all? Would you just slay them all? I don't know if anybody else in the room is like, oh, I felt like that at times. Like, maybe don't kill them, but God, would you just punish them like just a little bit? Could they just feel a little bit of how I feel right now? But then he gets it back together and he's like, oh, but God, would you search me? God, would you test me? Like, God, everybody's doing everything wrong, but let's focus on me for a minute. Would you search my heart? Would you bring up anything in me that is not of you? And what David knew was he needed God to search him because he didn't know the deepest areas of his heart. He didn't know all the junk and all of the issues. And he said, God, would you bring this up? This shows how desperate David was to walk in pureness and holiness before God. And this is a dangerous prayer to pray. 
Like, God, would you bring it out? Oh, I don't want to see it. But would you bring it all out? Would you bring it all out in me? Bring the things that I can't see, the things that I've shoved down so deep, hoping nobody else would see. And so here's my challenge for you, Redemption Church. Will you allow God to search your heart? Will you allow him to test your heart? Will you allow him to bring some things out in your heart so that he can deal with it? I've experienced a lot of hurt and some pain in my life, as I'm sure many of you have as well. Walked through a lot of seasons, some of them due to my own selfishness. I brought it on all by myself, brought the sin on, brought the hurt feelings on, but sometimes we don't do anything to deserve the things we're walking through, just like Joseph. We've experienced a lot of hurt as a church. We've had people reject us, people walk out on us, and you don't go to my church, so I can tell you these things. We literally had a staff member sit across the table from us and for two hours told us everything that we had ever wronged them in, every way that we were bad leaders, everything that they were upset about, literally tore us up and down for two hours and then walked out of our office and never came back. Those are the kind of things that will break you. I lost my mom when I was young and then as I got a little bit older, right when we launched the church, my dad just wasn't doing well and has not really been able to be a part of my life over the last nine years Those are the things that will break your heart. They will literally leave you on the floor in a puddle trying to figure out how am I gonna pick up all of these pieces. We walk through a lot of loss and heartache in our lives. We didn't ask for it. Most often we didn't do anything to ask for it, but what I have felt the Lord ask my heart in every difficult season is, Rebecca, will you weather this well? Will you let me search your heart through this I know this is difficult. I know you didn't ask for this. I know this loss is not your fault, but will you weather this well? Will you let me search your heart even though you're walking through this heartache? Will you let me test your heart to see how you're going to respond? And just like Joseph, what the enemy has meant to harm, God is always working, always moving, always using our stories for his good. And I'm not saying if you've just experienced loss or heartache, like just hand it over to the Lord, let him do, you know, let him, don't, don't hold on to it. No, I understand that loss and heartache becomes a part of us. It changes us. We're different people after it. But what I'm saying is that if you walk through it, you've been handed the hardest season of your life ever. You've been handed the biggest loss you've ever experienced. I believe that we can be handed hard things and still walk with a pure heart before God because we surrender the hurt and the pain to him and we allow him to use it. We allow him to redeem it and heal it. So this is my prayer for us. Maybe you've been rejected. Let's walk with clean hands and a pure heart. Someone's walked out on you. Let's walk with clean hands and a pure heart. You've been battling that sin for years and years and years. Let's walk with clean hands and a pure heart. I'm sure many of us are exhausted at the way we feel right now. Like, I'm so tired of feeling this way. I'm so tired of feeling sad all the time. I'm so tired of feeling anxious all the time. I'm so tired of fighting this sin over and over and over again. It's exhausting to try to keep up with it. And God's like, you don't have to do it. And he's not asking you to get it together on your own. He's not saying, figure all of this out and get it together. He's not sitting there frustrated with you, wondering if you're ever gonna get it together. He's saying, let me do it for you. Let me clean your hands. Let me purify your heart. He says, come to me, all you who are weary. And why does he say this? Because he knows that we're gonna be holding on to things. We're gonna be hanging on to a lot of stuff in our lives. And he says, are you heavy burdened right now? 
You carrying a lot of things you're not supposed to carry? Come to me. Let me carry it for you. Let me hold on to it for you. That hurts you've been hanging on to, give it over to me and watch what I can do with it. I wanna close out with this scripture that God has just challenged and wrecked my life with this last year. In Joel chapter two, the nation of Judah was not living for God at all and, and they're getting a warning right now. Like, if you continue to live like this, you continue to sin, you continue to walk away from God, there's gonna be consequences. He actually says like, the Lord, if you don't get things together, the Lord's gonna wipe you out. And so he's giving them this warning saying, the Lord does not have your heart. And he calls them to repentance. And in Joel 2, the Lord says, return to me with all your heart. Not with some of it, not with the pieces that you want to give over to me, not with the parts that you're comfortable handing on. He says, all your heart. Return to me with every single area of your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. He says, rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love, and he relents from sending calamity. In Jewish culture, an expression of mourning was to literally rip and tear apart your clothes. Like if you were just suffering, it was like, I'm gonna rip apart my clothes. I don't care what anybody thinks about me. I don't care what anybody is even doing right now. I am in mourning. He's saying, don't just rip your clothes. Literally rip your heart apart and allow God in. Rip your heart apart and let him deal with that sin. Tear your, part of, your heart apart and let him deal with that doubt. Let him deal with the insecurities. Let him deal with the fear. He's saying, don't just go through the motions of tearing everything apart. Like true repentance is literally getting before the Lord and saying, here is my exposed heart. Here is everything that I have inside of me. Here is all of the things that I have been trying to hide. Here it is, God. I am literally exposing it to you and I am saying, do with it what you will. Because we can go through the motions, right? We can go through the motions and be like, okay, God, I'm sorry. Now let's move on. He's saying, don't do that. I am asking for a heart change, a heart transplant, a moment where God says, give me the old and let me give you a new heart. God is always in the business of changing us from the inside out. He goes on a few more verses and literally says, if you do this, if you can do what I am asking you to do, the result will be you can rejoice. You will rejoice because the Lord has great, done great things. And then he says, because he is faithful, I will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten. He's saying, I will repay you for everything that the enemy has tried to steal from you. I will repay you for the brokenness that you've walked through. I will restore and redeem all of the hurt that you've walked through. God doesn't just allow us to walk through seasons and then just say, good luck with it. He says, walk through this and as you let me search you, as you let me test you, watch what I can do with your hurt and with your pain and with your past and with your story and with the areas that you struggled with. He can do something with it. And what I believe Redemption Church is that if you allow God to change your heart, you allow him to search the deepest areas of your heart, 
He will step you into a season of doing more in your life than you could ever ask for or imagine. He is in the business of doing exceedingly, abundantly more than we could ever dream. And I believe that God's got great store, great things in store for the city of Port Chester, New York, and he wants to do it in you and through you. But you have to be willing to surrender it all to him, to hand it all over to him, to say, God, take my life and redeem it for your glory. Would you stand up on your feet with me? And I just wanna pray over you before we close out and sing. So God, I thank you for every single person in this room, every heart that is represented here. God, you see all and you know all. God, you know every story of heartache, every story of loss, every story of suffering, every person that is struggling behind the scenes. God, you know the anxiousness that's in the room. You know the fear that's in the room. You know those that are experiencing doubt. And what I love about you, God, is you meet us in every single moment. And so I pray right now for those in this room that have the broken hearts that are just saying, God, this has been such a hard season. Right now, God, would you begin to mend their hearts back together? Would you begin to pick up all of the broken pieces, all of the shattered pieces and put them back together? God, those that are struggling with fear and anxiety, God, you have called us to a sound mind. And I pray right now, God, that they experience your peace like never before, that they feel hope swelling up on the inside of them like never before. I pray that sin struggles be broken in Jesus' name. Those those struggles that have kept us entangled for so long. God, may today be the moment that you break it in their life. And God, I believe with all of my heart, you have favor on this church. And so we pray your greatest blessings in this house. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. If you'd like to connect with us or learn more about our church, please visit us online at redemptioncommunitychurch.org. We hope you can listen or join us next week.